Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good. Good, good, good. Almost done with taxes, kind of. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, math is not my favorite or my strong point. <laughs> and interestingly enough, neither is being super organized with tax stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so. Every year, I'm like, why do I do this to myself? Like, I could have just done this every month. <laughs> but anyway, it's okay. I'm all good. How, how are you doing? Well, that's good. I'm doing well. I'm, um, I'm working hard on the book, so that has me just a bit overwhelmed. My new sure. spring term of school starts on Monday, and so my okay. goal was really to have the book done before then. And um, I really have the I have the bones done, but now I'm going through and I'm adding some things and putting in some quotes. Um, I don't know if I'm going to reach the word count that I wanted to reach. I was aiming for fifty thousand. Okay. I am at forty two thousand right now. Um, okay. However, it's more of a Bible study type book, and so every chapter ends with what I'm calling questions for contemplation. And so the mm-hmm. idea is to really to get people to think through and to meet God in the pages of the words. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think trying to just meet my goals, I'm a very goal oriented person. So I think Mm -hmm. by just trying to, to meet my goal, I might end up um, losing some of what I, I don't want to add in what I don't need just for the sake of putting words in, if that makes sense. So, you know, I've been a little overwhelmed by that. What do you think of, of that? Do you think it, it needs to be 50,000 words? How do you feel about word counts in a book? Gosh, that's funny. There was actually a question about this in our writer's group. Um, and basically the answer is it's all over the board. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm trying to – let me find the post because um, some other authors were writing about it um, in the Christian Writers shop talk group which you're in that right I think you are I am yeah. yes I am and I do scroll through but rarely do I have time to really at least oh, recently yeah. to really follow all the posts yeah you know? no are you signed up for the emails the weekly recap email lesson? I am and I do love okay. that because sometimes things will grab my attention and I will go and read those specifically because you send them out okay that's cool I just wanted to make sure you were on that because I you know most people yes. don't have time to sit on Facebook all day like you know me because I have no. to do it. <laughs> well, that's your job, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and sometimes I get sick of Facebook. <laughs> okay, so someone asked this question. Let's see, hold on. Um, Jennifer and Brooke answered. Okay, so Jennifer Lee and Brooke McLaughlin are two of my former clients. Um, okay. They both have um, – <clears throat> Jennifer has one book out, and Brooke has, like, oh, gosh, three, I think, because I've worked on I am. Them. I'm familiar with both <clears throat> of them, yeah. Okay. 
So what Jennifer said is she writes Christian nonfiction. She tends to write longer chapters. Um, let's see. Hold on, blah, 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 blah. Um, she contracted for 50,000 words and ended up with 65. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. That's a lot of words. Yeah. Um, and, but she's seen a trend where more are around 45,000 words. So that, you know, that's some perspective. And then Brooke said she tends to stick between 45 and 50. So, okay. you know, I, I think, and I, I know this is a slightly, there's a little bit of a study aspect, but like both of them often put discussion questions in their books as well. So Okay. I think you're fine, um, but but ultimately, um, I don't know that the word count. I mean, that's a good uh, count, is what I'm trying to say, right? Okay. Um, because you're kind of hovering in between, honestly, what most people would read, <laughs> and if you want right. them to read and then process the questions and stuff like that, it's probably better to be on the shorter side, so they'll actually sit and have time to do the questions. You know, right, really well, that's what them. I'm thinking, especially because mm-hmm. some of the questions, like I will go ahead and I will sort of paraphrase and write if I'm using a biblical passage, like I will write my perspective on it and give mm-hmm. them some background to the story. But then I suggest in the questions that they actually go and read specific chapters and I tell them what mm-hmm. they should read to be able to read the real text rather than just what I'm yeah. saying. So if I yeah. want them to be able to really work through it and think about it, I don't want to overwhelm them because I know myself, I tend, if I read fiction, I don't mind reading a thousand page book. But if I'm reading nonfiction and there's things to think about, you know, Mm -hmm. I really don't want to read more than probably, you know, 200, 250 pages would be the max of a nonfiction usually that I would want to read. And I think too, it's it's what what do you want them to focus on? And you've said um, many times that you want them to focus on scripture, right? Right. So, kind of giving them the um, overall structure and foundation and story that you want to give them, but then directing them to scripture as the primary focus is a good thing, right? So again, I don't right. think it's necessarily um, a bad thing that it's a little shorter at all because you've got the scripture, the processing, answering, journaling, and you're right. You don't want to overwhelm them, you know, with too much and that kind of stuff. Right. The one thing I was going to say is if you wind up editing anything out of the manuscript, or there's a bunch of ideas that you have that you just didn't know quite where to place them um, and, and, it, and felt like it kind of inter- interrupted the flow a little bit, like keep that in a separate file, in a sec- separate document file. Um, okay. Because what we'll be able to do is use a, a lot of that kind of content later on, like maybe for social media, maybe for blog posts, maybe for like an actual book marketing campaign. Okay. Okay. So I always... I always tell my authors, you know, even if you're you're having to edit out a lot, right, just try to pull whatever you're editing out. Because sometimes it's a chapter, right? Sometimes it's the whole story. And sometimes it's just a few sentences, but you never know how we can take that and shape it later. And then okay. that just saves you, honestly, on content curation, right? Because, right. again, it's material we can maybe pull apart or separate out into um, like I said, content for social media or newsletter or the marketing campaign campaign piece. Okay. So you can organize it how, whatever, however it makes sense to you, right? Um, okay. If it's a Word document with like different headings or wh- whatever, whatever makes sense to you because you're the one that's going to know what you're talking about if it's just a random sentence or something like that. Um, but I would, I would kind of like how I had you do this. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. But the categories, you know, for the Website, right? You know, maybe, right. maybe, maybe try to kind of 
come up with the same kind of structure to where anytime you pull something that you think applies to one of those categories, you can kind of place it in there, like main messages okay. or themes of the book. I've also been bolding out certain statements per chapter that I think good. would be good for later on for pictures to circulate or whatever, good. or just themes that we can put. You know, I love when I read mm -hmm. a, a book and they pull a statement aside and they have it somewhere else on the page. And mm -hmm. um, I was hoping to, to possibly do that with this book. So I've, I've been bolding statements for that purpose throughout. Good, good. And that's actually what I was going to ask you about. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because um, pulling out and are you, you're familiar with Lisa Turkhurst, right? Yeah. Have you done any? Okay. So they talk about this and a lot of their training in terms of pulling out um, sticky statements. So it's, you know, there's one or two um, sentence phrases that really are reflective of your message, <clears throat> but they're short and succinct enough that if we share them, you know, visually or via text or video or whatever through social media down the road, um, it can really resonate with your readers um, beyond some of the longer, you know, descriptions of your book and all that kind of stuff. So make sure you have the file of anything you edit out so that we can reuse it or repurpose it and then have a file of the sticky statements. And the easiest way to do it is list like the chapter and the title, um, the, the statement that you want and, and like maybe reference the page number. And that way, if we need to, we can go back later and find okay. it and stuff like that. So it's easier for you to do it as you're going, right? Because right. who wants to do that at the end? <laughs> Not me. Well, my, <laughs> but husband I've done it just bought, my husband just <laughs> bought Scrivener for me. Oh, um, awesome. Today. Okay, you'll and, love it. And he, so I am just, like, he quickly just put it in. It's so funny. He was at work, but we have Team Viewer on our computer because he's, like, the computer guy. And so I was writing, and he hijacked my computer from work. And he said, look that what I awesome. got you. He said, look what I got you, and he put it on. And so he put everything in there, but when he gets home, he's going to start to show me. Like he was watching tutorials on it on his lunch break today so he can come home and show me. Yeah. So you know, I, have, yeah. I have Scrivener, and it's how I map out my marketing campaigns, seriously. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I don't write books, but, you know, it, it's, really, it's a really great tool from a visual perspective. And I don't know, maybe it's the way my mind works too and because I tend to think – I don't know, in little short bursts of inspiration, right? So when I have a project I'm going to work on, I usually lift out like the key elements. So for you, that would be like chapters, right? Right. And then, then I have the little note cards in Scrivener where I write down whatever it was that was inspiring me or the phrase or the sentence or the idea. And then I go and file them under the appropriate phase of the marketing plan. And that way, when I go back later, all that content is there and I can just kind of write my plan from all that content and then for you oh, okay. it's really cool i mean it, it's just really cool i also i'm going to put in your notes um a link to some tr like if there's like people who offer training on how to use it effectively oh, okay. and so if it's if it's something you guys need you know i'll just give you the link okay. and you, you all can decide but it's a really great tool um and i love that you guys what did you call it where he took over the computer what was it called it's called Team Viewer. It's a um, it's a program, I guess, that he has because if okay. anybody he he does a lot of the, the computer maintenance for our kids' school, and if they're okay. having trouble and he can't be there, he'll log on from wherever he is. But sometimes cool. he'll do that when I'm work if he knows just for fun when I'm at home and he'll type something to me or 
or encourage me or whatever. And so I always tell him he's hijacking my computer. But today he did it, and he gave me a little gift, which was the Scrivener. So um, it was funny. Okay. Okay, Hold on. I'm going to put the notes in here real quick. Okay. Scrivener. It's such a weird name. Scrivener. Oh, I know. Training. Okay, cool. I'm going to put the coaching, the training program in there. I don't think it's very expensive, but you, there's, okay. there are free resources for sure. So you don't okay. have to buy it. But I went through this program when I first purchased Scrivener. So I just, I, I don't know. I'm a big fan of not trying to figure stuff out myself. So. <laughs> That's one of my, no, really, it's one of my time management things with business. Like, if I don't know how to do it, I just find someone who can. Like, because I know I'm going to waste, in my mind, more time trying to figure it out than just, you know, finding, right. u- utilizing a resource or whatever for stuff like this. So I'll put that in the notes. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. So, how are you feeling about the manuscript? I the flow, the story, all that. I think. I would like it. I feel like God is is really um, prompting me to write a lot mm-hmm. of things. It's going maybe in a little bit more of a deep direction than I expected it to. Um, mm-hmm. My whole my whole idea was, of course, purpose. You know, like showing women that they have a purpose. But what I'm realizing is within that, I, I sort of the way that I constructed some of the questions the first question that I have after just the introduction is, do you believe in God? Because I realize that this may get in the hands of people who either believe and have lost their faith or aren't really sure if they believe at all. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted to be able to write it from the perspective of not just taking for granted that a Christian woman is going to pick this up, that that it would be able to teach anybody about the, you know, concepts of faith whether they believe or don't believe or are just searching for something because the whole book is searching for purpose. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to take them right to the beginning, right to creation to meet God in the first place that we have record of him and start right from there and who he is and the promises and the hope that we have from literally the very first verse in the Bible mm-hmm. um, and then take it from creation, take it to the cross, and then take it back through certain stories of purpose in the Bible, Moses, Abraham, Joseph, these kind of people. But then specifically, I want to lead in in the second half of the book, which I've done, um, is in the book of Matthew, there are five women mentioned in the genealogy of Christ. And that's almost unheard of. I think it may be the only place in the Bible that women are mentioned in his genetic history and in his line. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted to take those five women and pull out their purpose because we're talking mm-hmm. about harlots and women who mm-hmm. were not Jewish. And if you don't know anything about the line of Christ, I think that people have the assumption that, you know, we, we look at Mary as perfect practically mm-hmm. and, you mm-hmm. know, but we're not looking at people like Rahab, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, or Ruth as good as she was, she was not Jewish. You know, she was, she was from a pagan country. And so, um, I wanted to list that it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter who you who you were, or what your past is. You know, God has called you for something specific. And so mm-hmm. within all of those stories, I'm trying to um, encourage, you know, the purpose of Christ in every life. So okay. hold on, I'm typing this real quick. Okay. And what I love about what you just said is um, just the whole, like, I, I keep thinking, you know, is Christ for me? 
Do you know what I mean? Like, right. would I yes. fit in? Like the question, not literally, <laughs> but like the question that I struggle with very early on is. Um, I, and again, I had very limited knowledge of, of God and like my first experience with church and Christians was not great. <laughs> so I don't know how much I've told you about that, but it was very, 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 very difficult. And, and so I had like a very skewed perception of God in church. And I definitely had no idea that like broken people who had difficult paths were welcome. Does that make sense? Right. Yes. And yeah, so absolutely. In, in hindsight, um, it would have appealed to me to know about the genealogy, especially of the women, like in his line, right. and how, how they were broken and how they fit in and how they were welcomed. Um, and like the, the very first, uh, oh, Lord, I'm drawing a blank. Um, hold on. Let me look up something real quick. I, I'm, I'm telling you, my brain is like. No, it's okay. Mine is Hosea. <laughs> Hosea. Okay. I was oh, like, what right, is the name yeah. of that Bible, that uh, book? And um, the first book of the Bible I actually ever read was Hosea. Like, wow. I didn't okay. read the book from beginning to end. And it, it has always stuck with me because a lot of my story is actually <laughs> kind of similar, you know, to the, to, it's just interesting. But also just the notion, you know, that it kept repeating in it of, you know, you could fail and get back up again and fail and get back up again. But really, it's about running away from a God you don't understand. And, right? right? Like, right. that's really what, it, what it's about. And so I think a lot of people as new Christian, or, or not new Christian, but don't know God, they just don't think they would be able to enter into that because of, because they're almost like they're disqualified in their mind. Right. 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 Yeah. So getting past that big, huge lie and being able to see all the stories in the Bible that carry through that show just how disqualified a lot of people were, if you think about right. it from a worldly standard, right? And, and but right. that's not what mattered. The, it's the heart is what mattered. So anyway, I love it. I think that's great. Um, did you say, do you think you're kind of almost finished at this point? I am. I'm just okay. going through, I'm adding, you know, I wanted to add a few quotes in and things like that. So um, okay. I'm about, I'm going to say I'm about 80% of where I would like to be. And I should definitely be done by the end of the weekend. Um, that, you know, that is my goal. And I think that, I think that I'm going to be able to stick to that, you know, and be able to okay. actually accomplish it. Okay. Cause what I would really love to do if, if you're open to that is to read it, you know, sooner Absolutely. rather than later. Yeah. yeah I okay. was hoping, yeah, I was really hoping that, that you would, because I want mm-hmm. you to be, I really do trust you, and if I didn't, I wouldn't have hired you. <laughs> so I, I want you, you to be able to read it and tell me honestly, like, okay, we need to do this. We need you need to adjust that, whatever. Before yeah. it would ever go to a real editor, I need yeah. your eyes on it. That's yeah, really important yeah, absolutely. And I mean, part of that is just story development, but also just, um, I don't know. I th- I think it's funny. I always think it's funny when God puts me with clients because I'm like, this is like perfect for me because I would have. I mean, I, I'm familiar with how you're trying to reach people. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I don't know, with just my yeah. past and my background and stuff like that. And so I think that's really cool. Um, do you think that it would be possible for me to read it, like, before the next call? You know? Yes, absolutely. Or, or would, you, would that be ready enough? Okay. Yes, I can email that, it to you by Monday, like, if you wanted okay. it, if I could email. Like, do you want me to do a Word yeah. document? Okay. Uh, yeah, so. that's fine. Okay. Um, and then what, what I'll do, we'll set up a call for like the last week in April, like towards the end of the week, depending on your schedule. 
And, okay. and then what, what I'll do is I'll have read it and kind of gone through, you know, with um, just recommendations and stuff like that for okay. that particular phone call. Okay. Perfect. Um, okay, cool. And then I'm going to ask you a few quick questions about um, just the homework assignments that were from last time. Cause I think you had said, I mean, obviously you've been working on the book and stuff like that. So I just want to right. um, hear which ones you did and, and, okay. and that way I can take them off. So I noticed that you okay. connected the Facebook page to your yes. personal profile. Um, the author ownership thing, was that complicated? Um, um, you the, know what? My husband did it for me because <laughs> he's, okay. he's a computer guy. So I would have to ask him, but I, you know, I, I forward him um, your email, like with the homework so that he can go through if there's anything technical. Um, okay. So I know that he did those two things. We still haven't done the, the MailChimp yet, but that's something okay. he's going to do. Well, the the reason I asked is I don't actually see it coming through on on your posts on Facebook. Okay. Um, so I, I, that's kind of why I was asking. I wasn't sure if you didn't have time to do it or if the instructions didn't work. <laughs> okay. Face, Facebook changes stuff all the time. So um, theoretically, I'm going to see if I can find a page to show you what it looks like. Um, I don't remember who has it. Not everybody knows this is even an option, which is kind of interesting. So I tell all my authors about it. Um, okay, I'm, I'm trying to give you like a visual example so you can okay. know when it's done. Um, okay, I'm going to take a screenshot. I know who this person is. Hold on a second. I just scrolled through my newsfeed until I found someone. Okay. Um, Just a minute. I have to wonder what the heck we would have done without social media. I know. I don't. I mean, you know, don't you ever like? Maybe it is showing. I wonder. I wonder if it's a newsfeed thing because I thought it showed on the page, but it's not. Hmm. Hold on. The problem with Facebook, you have to kind of scroll for a while until you find what you need. And they are always changing things constantly. Yeah, you know, I might I might do that after the call. You don't need to stay here for this, but okay. I'll just I'll give you a screenshot, and 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 it might be okay, and but I just want to make sure it's set up right because I just didn't when I went to your page, it wasn't showing it, but it okay. may only it may only reflect in the actual news feed, you know, like when an, when a blog post you post shows up. So I need to okay. I'll check into that. It used to show up on the page. Okay, and the next thing was, let's see, you said MailChimp, did not time to do, which is fine. Um, uh, Beth Moore, <clears throat> did you get a chance to read the article about the Beth, about Beth Moore's I vision did. and all that kind of when stuff? It, okay. Yes, when it talked about her, um, her being the aerobic in, instructor and, and things like that, right? Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. the page you linked. Yes, yes, I did yeah. read that. Cool. Um, and so I don't know. I just when we were talking last week, and um, what I've always loved about Beth Moore's story is that I mean she loved God her whole life, you know. Right. But what she was doing was so opposite, really, you know. And she also um, was older, like later in life, um, right? When she was kind of called into ministry. And it's amazing to me how many people don't know don't know that or how, because it's sometimes in her books and sprinkled out through you know stuff. But I remember um, 
when, when I was doing the Breaking Free um, Bible study by her, um, I came across that information at some point, and I just thought it was so fascinating, you know? Right. Yeah. Just, just to just kind of have this journey and have this passion for the word and, and almost like the same, like, holy discontent, if that makes sense, that you reflect a little bit. Because you, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but just like you really want to change the status quo of how people approach and learn the Bible. Right. Yes. And so that's what made me think of it when we were talking last, because I feel like she's, she was very much in that season and she was doing this. She loved God, you know, for them, she was living a, a godly life, but then she just had this moment where she just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> right. And yeah. It, she was so compelled and so moved um, and has often talked about feeling very ill-equipped, which is amazing. Like we look at her and I go, know. what? I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> But she talked about how scared she was, how she didn't want to do it, how she felt ridiculous being this little girl from, you know. And so it's just, it's a cool story. You know, so it was more meant as encouragement. Yes, in it really was. Encouragement in the journey. Okay. And then I think I put on here a social media um, training because you had, uh, let's see, which one is it? I've already deleted this. Oh, okay. Um, so the social media templates, did you get a chance to download those at all? I, I did not. Yeah, I didn't okay. do that yet. And it's real basic. It's not like, um, like I don't know, really extensive or really time-consuming. It's basically like a couple of pages that kind of give you, you know, post on this platform, you know, this many times a day and, and, and this frequency and this type of content. So it's almost like a quick snapshot of okay. how you could share things across different social media profiles. Um, so that might be helpful to you when you're trying to figure out, okay, how often do I need to post and where and what kind of content and stuff like that. Right. And okay. then um, the last course, I mean, th- again, this isn't required, but I did put the free Canva course on there um, that just gives a little bit of extra training on images and stuff like that. Okay. Um, hold on. Make sure my notes are here. Okay, cool. Okay, so one of the other assignments had to do with the categories. Did you have a chance to do that? Or yes, yeah, now I wanted to talk to you about the categories, so I didn't actually go through and change them yet. That's something. That's fine. Um, That's fine. Also, with doing the book, I, I, there's no way I could have gone in and done all that um, right now. That's okay. But it's fine. Um, so here's what I'm thinking: purpose is definitely one that I want to do, um, mm-hmm. faith, hope, mm-hmm. and grief. Because a lot of the, starting my blog, I started um, really ministering to people out of the grief that I had been through mm-hmm. and where it related to miscarriage, stillbirth, and fertility. But then, mm-hmm. you know, my stepfather died suddenly and a year and a half ago. And so that sort of took over my writing for a little while. And uh, I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of the audience that I have mm-hmm. is, based on um, people that can relate to me because they've been, you know, pursuing God through the weight of grief. So, but I wasn't sure if those were sort of too general or corny. Um, I had also thought of like, you know, women's ministry, the word devotions, because I do want to go into a more spiritual, Mm -hmm. um, like studying the Bible type Mm -hmm. journey, especially as it relates to this book. But Mm -hmm. I wasn't Mm -hmm. sure which ones were, were too basic or, or really how to do that, you know, those, but those are all the things that really come to my mind. Mm-hmm. 
And I think this is definitely a good starting point for sure. Um, purpose, explain that to me a little bit. Like what kind of, uh, I don't know, snapshot of a blog post would be included under something like purpose? Well, I, I guess finding your purpose, like who you are in God and knowing that, you know, no matter what you're going through, like you have a purpose or um, I was surprised when I spoke to that group of women. Of course, they were not churched. A lot of them were not churched. But um, there's just a lot of people out there that don't even know that they have a purpose. Like they don't even mm-hmm. feel like they were born. They they can't see past today because they're just trying to make it through today. So they can't okay. look ahead. So they don't understand a journey of life or um, a phrase that I use a lot in the book is walking the land because Abraham, you know, before he ever had the land, before it was even promised, the promise of descendants, God had him walk it. And I talk Mm -hmm. about that in the book. And, you know, I really feel like this whole journey that we're on in this life until we get to the world, you know, which is yet to come for us, is that we're sort of walking, walking this land. But but there are a lot of women just stuck in today because they're not dealing well with what they have. Mm -hmm. Um, So they can't look to the future. There's there's not a whole lot of hope in the future because they don't have hope right now. Mm -hmm. And so when I talk about purpose, it's just wanting women to know that, you know, God placed a purpose in every single person that he created and he created all of us. So we all have mm-hmm. it and it's connecting to that. Okay. And what about faith? Faith is just that, you know, I'm a faith writer. Like I write about Jesus. I write about Christianity. Um, mm-hmm. And for people to sort of know when they come, you know, who I am, what I'm about and everything relates back to God with me. Okay. So would you write um, to your readers, like teaching them how to, how to have faith in circumstances or is that more of an identifier for you? Does that make um, sense? Yeah, I, I think it's probably more an identifier for me, for people to know mm-hmm. who I am and what I'm about. Um, although I have written posts about, you know, that it's important to keep faith, but that's not necessarily um, maybe something that I write all the time. See, I feel like... Okay. In writing, the the way that I write the blog, I feel like there are a lot of blurred lines. You mm-hmm, know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I'm blending, I'm spilling into different areas that all sort of relate, but there's no divisions. Like the ground isn't surveyed. Do you, you, mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, if that makes sense. So it's this task has been harder than I expected. I've really prayed about it the last few weeks since mm-hmm, we've talked, mm-hmm. and I just can't seem to come up with okay. any concrete answers other than sort of knowing where I am, but not really sure how to categorize it. Okay. But that's also what this process is about, right? Is, is getting you to think through this um, because part of what we're trying to do is, is hone that message for your readers and also kind of remove some of those blurred lines so they can have clarity and you can have clarity. So it's not unusual for you to, to feel a little, um, maybe unsettled or not finished at this point because that's part of what we're working on. So that's why I asked right. the question. Okay. And okay. like for this faith, for this faith comment, um, th- th- right there alone, what you said, w- this would not actually go under your categories. This would actually be something you would integrate into um, who you are about, your message, your okay. ministry, your core values. So um, I'm actually going to move this and type that, um, which we're going to work on that later, but I'm going to put that down there for later. Okay. So, so that's kind of, you know, that's why I was asking the question, and I'll make you do this for the other two too, <laughs> but that's kind of why I'm asking, because sometimes 
we, we are so passionate about, I don't know, just moving the gospel forward. And the thing with a website um, or a ministry is the wording on the, like all the blog posts or all the resources you provide is from the reader perspective, what they need, right? Right. And what you can teach them. And so these categories are meant to help your readers understand what they're going to be able to come to your website for as a resource. Right. Okay. Okay. So, um, and then later on, we'll work a little bit more on things that are more about you that help your readers understand who you are. And so, and and we'll do that a little bit later. And probably, let's see, we'll do the manuscript first. So probably June-ish timeframe, because we'll look at things like your, your tagline, you know, your, or the name of your website, you know, is everything clearly outlined as to your about me page and all that kind of stuff and your bios across all your, your social media. That's all kind of one whole kind of conversation that we'll have and this relates to it. But right now what I'm trying to do is help you clarify what your message is to your readers and um, what the benefits are that they'll receive in terms of coming to your website to read your work. Does that make sense? Yes, right. Okay. Okay, okay so it's for readers. Okay, so hope. What would you write on in that category? Um, well, my first book is called Nothing to Hold but Hope because I really feel mm-hmm. like hope is what got me through infertility, stillbirth, miscarriage. Um, mm-hmm. and, and actually, hope even shows up in the small circumstances, things that are silly. Your child has an issue at school you know, things that may not mean too much in the great big grand scheme of where your life is going to go, but there's still things that worry you. And so I think anytime I write, I try to turn it to a, a message of hope. I, I always feel like, you know, when you read the Psalms and David, you know, at first it's like, this is happening and that's happening and kill them, God, you know, the way he talks. But when you get mm-hmm. to the end, you know, you see this big turnaround and the more he talks and works things out with God then you see the hope that he has and the praise that he's giving God. And you sort of can read the thought patterns of David as he writes the Psalms. And mm-hmm. so I always think of that when I write, because though I might start out with this is hard and that's hard and you're going through this and I understand because I am too, I like to try to sort of turn it around and then give hope, but we can have hope because, or God did this in the middle of the circumstances mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, let's take it back to this scripture. Um, mm-hmm. So I think everything I write, like hope is just a big theme for me anyway. So it seems natural Good. that I would want people to realize that if they come to my site, they're going to get hope because that's what I want to give them. Hello. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry no, that's Okay. okay. The dog was cut out for a minute. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Really loudly. Okay. Um, Okay. No, that's good. That's really, really good. Um, And I also noted just being faithful in the small things um, can kind of teach faithfulness in the big things, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, Hold on a second. Hold on. In the big things. The promises of God. I just had a conversation with someone about this this morning, too. And we were talking about um, long suffering. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Where whatever situation it is where you've prayed and surrendered and prayed and surrendered and it just 
it doesn't seem like there's any traction, right? Right. And I think I think finding hope and the long suffering and just trusting in um, the bigger picture that God's promises are His promises. He is who He says He is. He has a purpose, and so sometimes our purpose is to be in that long suffering and not growing weary or whining. Right. <laughs> right. We we had a, a I went to a women's retreat. Um, I think it was last weekend, and. That's ridiculous. I can't remember what weekend it was. That should tell you how my week's been. Um, <laughs> it was it was last weekend. Okay. Um, we were talking about surrender, and she kept saying, you know, those whiny Israelites. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, because it's true. <laughs> and I think sometimes when we lose hope or we lose perspective, we can fall into kind of that whiny mode or even in sure. that defeated defeated mode, you know? Yeah. It's about learning to align our will, what we want, with his will and being able Mm -hmm. to, you know, submit that and saying, okay, it doesn't really matter what I want because this is really about what you want for me Mm -hmm. Um, and being able to humble ourselves within that, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay, what about grief? Um, Well, I think grief is just something that I connect to because it's something I've been through so much of. And a lot of the people who started to follow my blog, uh, it was because they connected with the mm-hmm. things that I talked about were grief-related. Um, and then, you know, as I'm coming out of the sort of the darkness and then my stepfather dies and I talked a lot about that and and people seem to really connect. I found this is terrible because I've always wanted to sort of be, I wish I was like the funny, like, you know, I may have said this to you before, like the Melanie Shankle funny writer where people just connect mm-hmm. and they can laugh. But I tend to be like my my most views come when I have something terrible that happens and I might be able to say, listen, you know, I don't like this, but I trust God. Um, and I can sort of give people perspective. This is what I'm going through and this is how I'm dealing with it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and um, not that I always deal with things perfectly but I was I've been able to work out a lot of my own suffering Mm -hmm. um, through my blog and I think that the people even though it's a small group that have connected with me they have you know they've stayed with me because of that because Mm -hmm. they connect with that area as well so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I think too um, and I'm trying to think in structure here I mean that experience um, equipped you right to learn how to find hope um, and yes, to learn yes. how to identify purpose. So I don't necessarily, I, I just want to um, mention like the way you were talking about it is like it was like some random offshoot separate, right? And it, right. and it really it's more of a journey, okay? It is. So, yeah. so just kind of, and what we're going to try to do is structure what you're writing about to kind of follow that journey consistently. You know, the grief is where it started and through the grief, we find hope, and through the hope, we find purpose, right? Yes, right. Um, although I'm kind of wondering a little bit if identity and purpose need to be separated out. Okay. You know what I mean? Right. Because in my, in my mind, you know, identity would come in between hope and purpose. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And, like up, and up above, uh, under purpose, when you were talking about it, you said, um, the first thing you said is finding who you are in God. And see, that mm-hmm. to me is more identity, right? Yeah. Um, than it is purpose. Because until you know who you are in Christ, you, you, you won't necessarily believe 
the purpose. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I I mean, I feel like that's just even teaching the Bible study that I taught is that I really had to start from the beginning, which sort of started the whole idea of this particular book, because Mm -hmm. um, if you don't meet God somewhere, you're not going to know his purpose because he's the one who designed it. So if you don't know him or believe in him, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to, to know or believe in his plan. And those are two words that I use a lot is know and believe because those are key words in the journey. Mm-hmm. Hold on. I'm moving stuff around for a second in your notes. Hope, grief, hope, identity, purpose. Well, and I think too, um, remember part of um, the purpose of your website is to take your readers on a, on a journey. Right. Right. And Hold on, I'm messing up your formatting. <laughs> like 42 spaces in between everything. Not helpful. Okay, there we go. Um, you know, part of what we want to do is consistently take them on a journey. So the re- remember back when I told you about this originally, um, what I want to do is kind of have you separate out your blog post into where like one week it's focusing on grief and it doesn't just have to be your specific life experience there's a lot of grief in the world right there's a lot of yeah. bro- brokenness there's a lot of hurt um and then the next week you would lead into hope you know and the next week you would lead into identity the next week you would lead into purpose and there's a lot of different ways we can kind of find content for that okay um one of the ways I like to um, recommend it first is, um, and, and, and this is a discussion, not like an ultimatum, but one of the easiest ways I found to do it is once you have these categories, it's then going back and looking at the calendar month by month and going, okay, what, you know, what theme do I want to write on this month? You know, mm-hmm. so maybe March would be renewal, you know, or like spring renewal. And then the stories that you would tell in that month, um, you would talk about grief from the perspective of renewal. You would talk about hope from the perspective of renewal, identity from the perspective of renewal. Does that make sense? Right. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. So it's what we're doing is we're working out what's most important to you to teach. And then we're, we're kind of going on to the next phase of helping you create basically a content plan so that you know, not necessarily the words you're going to write, but you know kind of the theme and the topics. And so when you're planning going forward on whatever you're going to write, you should be able, and, and again, this is this goes back to what I do with Scrivener, because you can even do like blog posts and stuff in Scrivener, by the way, <laughs> if you okay. want, and um, planning. But like a lot of what I do, I, I, I spend a lot of time doing research based on like the specific client needs, right? Like, there's definitely some key, I guess, exercises that I take all my clients through because they're all, you know, foundational. But in terms of their recommendations and the resources I direct you to, that can shift based on a lot of things, you know, how advanced you are in social media, for example, or how, how like, the state of your platform as is, or maybe shifting focus and stuff like that. And so I try to go through... Um, and like I said, I use Scrivener for marketing campaigns and stuff, and I have files for you guys, for the clients. And so anytime I come across something, you know, with my research or just randomly one day I'm reading something and I think that really applies to so-and-so, you know, I'll go put it into 
my little folder for you so that I can bring it to your attention, you know, the next time we okay. talk or what, wherever it fits in our journey. And so what I'm telling you to do is, is the same thing. So if we, if we have the themes, um, then you know, um, like any ideas you have um, on a potential blog post for grief for that particular theme, you can just jot down notes, you know, or articles or resources or an image you saw or a podcast you heard or whatever the case may be almost like supporting documentation or citation research kind of thing, you, you, you're able to more easily pull together blog posts because you have a plan and you, you can kind of cultivate, you know, files for each month with resources that you can add into your blog posts or your newsletter or your social media to kind of tell that story, right? Right, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Okay, so... Um, if this is resonating right with you, I mean, you can definitely pray over it, and we can talk about it again next time. Okay. Okay. But what I put what I put down on here um, is just grief, um, the life experience, working out, suffering. Um, oh wait, did I put that wrong place? Hold on. No, you said that. Okay. And then I put hope. Um. Then I put identity, and then I put purpose. It's kind of the four main categories of. Okay, and then I left faith on here for your reference with just a note as to why it wouldn't fit into a category, but that we'll use it later. Okay. 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 Um, what time is it? One fifteen. Oh my word. Okay, let's go over. I might have to cut out. Let me just look at this real quick. Um, I'm looking at the rest of the notes to see what I can just move to a different call because we're not going to have time for some of this, which is okay. It's no big deal, right? <clears throat> Sometimes <laughs> we need the spirit to kind of lead the conversation, and that's perfectly fine. I just need to move the notes so you're not confused about what you're supposed to be doing. Take this off. Okay. Um. You would laugh if you saw me trying to do my notes. <sighs> Not my. I wish I could just speak and the notes would appear <laughs> magically. That would be awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not going to happen. Okay. Um, the next thing that I just wanted to touch base on at kind of a high level overview actually has more to do with um, just some website slash email content recommendations. So I've okay. been, and I usually wait a while to have this conversation because I, I like to observe, you know, your social media, what you're writing about, all that kind of stuff, just to get a good feel for your process and the type of content you post. And then also, and um, just like a little bit of the engagement, you know, how people are responding to what you're sharing. And so one of the first things I like to talk about is just some general guidelines that are also pretty foundational into how we're going to move forward with crafting and um, kind of what you're sharing with your audience based on those categories and themes. Okay. Okay. So the first thing, and, and this is pretty much a given, but we're, we want to make sure we're focusing on providing content that builds a genuine relationship with your readers. Right. right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've seen Facebook pages or Twitter accounts or whatever, where the person is just constantly asking and not necessarily in a good way. 
So will you buy my book? Will you do this? Will you purchase my program? Blah, 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 blah. Um, and there's not really a lot of um, generosity in that relationship. So the biggest mistake I see some authors make, and you're not necessarily doing this, but I just want to kind of cover this, okay? Okay. Is that a lot of authors, like, um, they sometimes forget that, that, that there are people on the other side of the screen, right? Right. And it's, it's just interesting because, you know, social media, when it started, was not what it is now. I mean, it was not an advertising platform or a ministry platform or anything like that. It was just about logging on and sharing what you were doing with your friends, right? And right. it evolved into this whole digital marketing campaign strategy. And that's not a bad thing. It's just that you as a ministry owner need to be cognizant of some of the weariness that comes along from your readers with just the constant way they're being bombarded with ads right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean just literal ads. I also mean all the petitions for, you know, that people post all over social media. And so when you're thinking through, okay, what content can I provide my readers? You know, it, it just all has to build on what the social media was supposed to be about, which is building a genuine relationship with someone. Okay. Um, and so, in that there's a mix to this though, right? So we definitely want to provide a variety of content that establishes your ministry as a trusted resource, right? Yes. And we want to ask questions of your audience. You want it to be inspirational and, and give them things they can share easily. And that's usually where things like quotes and all that kind of stuff come into play or, you know, videos or whatever. And, you also want to have a few calls, call to action. That's where you kind of say, hey, um, I, my call to actions are usually like prayer requests. That's a call to action, right? You know, I just want to serve you. You know, is there something you're struggling with? And um, can I pray over you? Or sometimes I'll do a call to action that's like, let's celebrate. You know, what amazing thing happened to you this week in your writing ministry? So that's an example of a, of, of a call to action where you're, you're basically asking them to contribute into that conversation. And again, just building relationship and celebrating with them. Um, and then visual content, which again, ties into video and images and all that. And the important thing to remember um, when you're trying to think through what is it that I'm supposed to share is <clears throat> there's really two, two categories that, that you would need to fall into. So hold on. <laughs> Sorry, just try not to hop in your ear. Um, would you, do you know the difference, or have you ever heard the terms of content curator versus content creator? Um, so well, the curator would be the one you, that would be just the sharing, right? And the mm -hmm. creator, it, you would be the one that actually that it would be your work. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. So when you're working on, um, especially like with social media, you, you need to be cognizant of what you're curating and what you're creating, okay? okay. And because, again, social media is supposed to be relational, um, it's actually um, the percentage is flipped. Most people think it has to be constant creation, right? Right. Um, but it's it's really the other way around. So you should roughly have, you know, 80% of what you post on social media be curating. 
Okay. And then about 20% being what you've created. And the reason there's a mix like that is because when you're curating something, you are finding, you know, helpful articles, resources, tips, products you love, whatever, and sharing it with your audience and telling them why you love it and why you think it will benefit them. Um, It's also a great way to um, uh, connect with other people or other ministries or other speakers or whatever that have similar interests. Um, So you could potentially um, like reach out to someone else who teaches in a similar vein and like do a guest post swap. Does that make sense? Where you post on their audience and then they post on yours and you're, you're basically collaborating to kind of reach each other's audience, which is each other's ideal audience. So that's kind of the curating where you can share, you know, other people's work and, and build relationships with those people um, as, as influencers, not just as readers. Um, you could share stories of people who have purchased your book or have read your blog, like how their lives have been changed or how growth has been experienced. Um, you can capture testimonies from people through video or stuff like that and share it. The really core thing out of all of this is you're, you're just trying to build relationships with them um, right. where, where it's not necessarily just about your blog posts or your books. Your, you know, meaning, no, I don't mean your books. I mean like the purchase of the book. You see what I mean? Yes, yes. Okay. And creation is pretty self-explanatory. So that would be something like anytime you're updating about a new book or product and sharing behind the scenes. Um, as an owner and ministry leader, like what your experiences are. So, for example, you're in the middle of writing a manuscript, right? And so you could technically share, like, what that process is like for you, right? Because right. It, makes you re- it makes you relatable, but it also shows your passion and what you're trying to achieve through this project. Um, and so if you were to write an article about that or even just a social media update, it doesn't always have to be a blog post, Right. And just say, this is what's going on. You know, this is what I'm working on right now. Um, this is my hope for this project. You know, you can even throw in questions like, you know, what do you think about this topic or where have you struggled? And it just kind of invites people in to your process. Um, almost like they're sitting across from you at coffee, you know, or sitting on your right. couch and, and you're just having a conversation. Um, sometimes my last creation. blog post, I'm sorry, my <laughs> last blog post did talk about that a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but I haven't shared anything yet on social media about it. So do you think I should, if I were to share about that on social media, I should do it on my fan page or my personal page or both? Wait, repeat the question real quick. It cut out like halfway in. So you said oh, the last what? blog post and then what? Yeah, I did, I did write about, you know, being in the middle of the mm-hmm. manuscript and all that in my last blog post. So, but I haven't oh, okay. shared it on, on social media. So, I mean, other than sharing the link for the blog post. So if I were to okay. just make a social media update about that, do you mm-hmm. think that I should put that on my fan page or on my personal page or both? Sometimes I, I wonder where the line is between doing both, but I notice that I get a much better response, on obviously, on my personal page. Mm-hmm. Facebook doesn't show very many people what I post on my fan page. 
Yeah, it's true. And, you know, you know how I personally handle this, um, like, because I have a business page and I have my personal page, and I think you're on both of them. And so, like, what I try to do is on my business page, now it's a little different for me um, in terms of, I mean, I do try to be relational, but I usually stick to more um, specific facts, if that makes sense. But um, I share um, a lot of what is on my business page to my personal profile. Um, to help with the reach and the engagement. Now, the way I handle not overwhelming people is I actually don't post much on my personal Facebook page because that's actually not where a large part of my audience is. Okay. Okay. So my so my my kind of how do you say that word caveat caveat to that is you know if your audience is on Facebook and they're very very engaged you know you would just need to pick and choose what's most important to share over to your personal profile. But for me, I mean, I probably post on my Facebook page like once a week. So it's no big deal okay. if I share everything. Does that make sense? Because it's not right. inundating my, my people's feeds or whatever. Um, and, and the way I handle it is, you know, like I just posted about um, four of the books that I worked on last year. They're, they're nominated for this big, big award, okay? So on the business page, I posted, you know, excited to see some of my clients, blah, 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 okay? And then I shared it to um, my personal profile, and I kind of I, – I just shared a little bit more of the personal part of it. Does that make sense? So I said, you know, it's always a privilege and honor to play a part in new book releases. I love seeing past clients receive well-deserved nominations and awards for the messages they have poured their heart and souls into. Check out a few of my 2015 marketing and book launch clients below. Um, join me in congratulating them. So see, like when I share stuff to my personal profile, I just always like add a little bit more personal story to Content. it. Content, okay. You see what I mean? Yes. Um, yes. So, you know, I think like if you were to start sharing, because I know you wrote the blog post, um, but, you know, maybe you take a picture <laughs> of your manuscript in like okay. all the highlighters and pins and computer or whatever, you know, the mess. Um, maybe you're not as messy as I am, but the mess, <laughs> like that's what my desk is, you know, until I clean it up every day. Um, you know, and just say, okay, this is what I'm working on. I'm so excited about this. Those are the high points, you know, and, you know, I'm not, not even stuck, you know, I'm trying to answer the question X, what would you say? Or, you know, or how would this benefit you? Just trying to invite people, again, into the, the writing process a bit because I think sometimes the feedback you get um, from readers is valuable, right? So if someone right. says, if you say, oh, I'm writing on the topic of, of grief in this chapter and I'm trying to make sure I show people, you know, how to really focus on faith during this time, you know, how have you been able to do so during a situation filled with grief? You know, and then people answer, right. and you're, and sometimes you get answers that you're like, whoa, I never thought of that. <laughs> and that's a good thing because you can incorporate some of that either into the manuscript or you can incorporate it into your content strategy, right? right. So if it doesn't belong in your manuscript necessarily because of flow, you could go write a blog post about that, whatever that person said. So really, you just need to get into the habit of asking questions and, and trying to engage that feedback and viewing it as not just relationship with the person, but like if you or I were in a face-to-face -face relationship, if you live next door to me and I said something to you like, gosh, I'm really struggling with anger right now and I don't know what to do. I mean, you wouldn't just say, oh, I'll be praying over you and walk away, which is what a lot of people do in social media, right? Like right. you would try to 
you would try to like invest in me as a person, right? You would try to guide me or give me structure or give me resources. And so that's how you need to view a lot of this engagement on social media is really listening to what your readers are saying and then turning that, like whatever they're struggling with or whatever their pain points are, turning it into a resource for them. Okay? Right. Okay. Okay. And let's see. I think I said all this. You know, you, you're really, you're, you can share lessons you're learning in your life, which you do a good job of that. And you're basically being a vision caster for your readers. You're helping them see something that they may not feel they're capable of in this moment in time. And, and it's really important to make sure you're building a relationship and not viewing them as transactions. Not that you're doing that, but I think that just sometimes we get so caught up in, oh, I have to send this many tweets and this many images and people aren't liking it and yada, yada, yada. And really, we just can't get caught up in that worry, right? Just keep, right. Providing, the, keep providing the value and seeking their input and providing resources. And eventually, I mean, it will build engagement and it will build an audience. So just don't get caught up in the transaction. And remember, again, social media is about relationship. Um, and then the last thing that I have to say on this has to do with just operating with humble confidence. Um, I'm not sure if I've, if I've told you this before, but I'm going to tell you again if I didn't, if I did. And so anytime I kind of approach my work, I sit down, and I think, okay, I, I mean, I'm just like anybody else. You know, I have insecurities, I have struggles, you know, I have fears. And so I, I have to sit with my Bible every day and actively um, kind of seek God's Hope, plan for my day because I can way overcome myself, trust me. <laughs> but also, yeah, sometimes my husband looks at my calendar and he's like, what the heck are you thinking? Like, he'll, he'll actually come over here and he will move whole entire tasks to some other day like a week later. And I'm like, don't do that. He's like, there's no way you're getting a lot done. I'm like, okay. So, you know, kind of <laughs> – it's really funny, actually. Um, but just operating with humble confidence. And so the humble piece comes from our acknowledgement that God is God and we are not, right? So right. he's done a work in our life, and he's guided us, he's shaped us, he's grown us. And so um, there's always an element of everything that we do is tied to that awareness of being humble before him and, and being in awe of him. And um, almost like the fear and trembling and awe, not in a scary, oh, my gosh, got a scary way, but just, you know, just gratitude for his sovereignty over our life. Um, and then the confidence part actually ties to this, too. God is God and we are not. So if he has given us a message, um, if he's given us a book, a ministry, whatever, um, our job is to be obedient, to do whatever he's telling us to do with confidence. Not in our own, um, oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank of what I'm trying to say. Not of our own performance or our own, like if we don't do these 42 steps, then it's not going to work, right? We have to trust that God has us in this place for a reason. And while we do have to be good stewards of our time and our resources and our ministry, he's the one that's ultimately in charge of spreading it. You see what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So uh, humble confidence is something I, I just, I tell all my authors, I tell all my kids, I tell everybody, you know, it, it's just where we're supposed to position ourselves in this whole crazy ministry world and, and just walking in that, and especially with a lot of changes and, and just writing a book and just circumstance. You're in a lot of 
a season of having a lot of responsibilities. And so it just helps manage a little bit, I think, and expectations on yourself and expectations of how the work is going to impact and how far and all that kind of stuff. If you just um, commit yourself to remembering that phrase in everything that you do, then, you know, the numbers and all that just become less of a focus and the relationship comes to a head, which is what it should be. Right. Right. Yeah. So, okay. okay. Well, that's it. I'm going to, um, yeah, I'm, I'll update the notes. There's, there were like two more subjects I was going to talk about. We need to talk about, we needed to talk about your survey, which we'll do next time. Okay. Um, and then we, we needed to talk a little bit about um, social media strategy in time management. Again, not in a negative way, but just kind of how to structure how often you're sharing and when you're sharing and what you're sharing so you're not going crazy and stuck on the Internet all day long, you know? Okay, right. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but I'm probably going to push that off to the call after so we can do the manuscript part. Okay. 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 Yeah, that's um, important. I do have one question for you, and I, I'm not really sure if you'll be able to answer this or not, but I want to sure. be able to, um, because of the editor, you know, I want to work with a good editor. I want to work mm-hmm. with a good cover designer. Do you, I know the editing process will be first after you've gone through the manuscript and all of that. So do you know how much, um, I, I want to be able to save for that, you know what I mean, like be able to budget accordingly for this. Do you have any idea what your clients usually pay to have their manuscripts? that are, have as many words as mine uh, professionally edited? Um, hold on. You, you said recommendations, right? Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, the ballpark amount of money that I need to be working oh, on. Oh, gosh. You know, I'm trying aside, to think. You know? Well, it really depends on... Like I'm, when you said that, I was thinking of like four different people. <laughs> so that's why I was kind of like, let me think. And it's kind of across the range. You know, it, it really depends on, um, well, first, it depends on what your overall purpose is for the book, right? Um, it, it, I, like I know a couple of editors that have worked with self-published and traditionally published books. Okay. Um, so my, my philosophy on it is to always make sure that you hire someone who um, like if that's a route that you're wanting to go, like traditional publishing, making sure that the book is edited in a way that would appeal to a publisher, right? Because right. sometimes sometimes self-published work um, can build your audience to, to the point where, you know, that might be something that could happen down the road. If that's not really a, a focus for you and you want to um, just kind of hang out in self-publishing, then there are other editors as well and um, who may not be quite as expensive, for, for, you know. And okay. um, so I, I mean, well, I have I a couple of recommendations, but it just depends because I've seen it be a couple hundred dollars all the way up to like a couple thousand dollars, you know. Okay. I I wanted so. to look like it would look if I was a, an author for Tyndale. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wanted to look right. very professional um, because let's face it, throughout the whole process, I mean, I want to be able to reach people with my words. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping for a miracle, you know, I'm hoping yeah. that somehow it will get into a lot of hands and somehow I will end up picked up by a publisher. I mean, that's the goal. And so I know to be able to get anywhere near that, I need it to be edited properly. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do have someone I can actually have two people I can send you to. And, and okay. what, what, you'll, what you'll probably need to do is just reach out to them and get, okay. you know, a quote for their services. And okay. The, the first gal, her name is Anna Floyd, and she, she's actually local. We know each other, like, in person. Um, and she's worked on a few of my client projects before. And, and she has worked with, the, you know, the big publishing houses, and she's really great at story development and all that kind of stuff. And literal copy editing um she's probably going to be a little bit more on the the higher range um okay. and then there's another gal and her name is shayla and and she's a little more affordable but she tends to work more with independent authors okay um but I'll, you know i'll send you the information and then there's one other gal that i need to see if she's still doing editing um, okay. So I'll put I'll put her in there because I think I read some somewhere on Facebook that she wasn't doing it anymore. But I could be wrong. So okay. I'll put that in your notes. Just a few recommendations. Yeah. But it, and I know that's something a little more down the road, like after you've been through yeah. the book. But I just I yeah. want to be able to sort of begin to prepare for these things as we're yeah. you know getting closer. Well, and and here's the thing about your editor. You know, it, it's a relationship that it's not just based on their qualifications as an editor. I think a lot of that needs to be um, kind of their personality and their mission, if if that makes sense. Yeah. Because you want yeah. you want someone who's going to care for the story the same way you do, right? And that's not always the right. case with some editors. You know, they're just looking at it from a literal um, you know, copy editing kind of thing, and and they're not necessarily focusing on the story or the flow or or the message you're trying to send. So. Um, and you always want someone who can empathize and have um, kind of a passion for what you're writing about, but who can also like say no to you. <laughs> Does that make sense? Right. Like, that yeah. Can, that, that can clearly explain. Okay, this this right here was beautiful, but it really needs to be four chapters later, or you know, just that, like right. basically that they can give you the feedback that you need that's constructive to make the story better. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and do it, and then do it in a way that's relational. I think that's really important in an editor because you don't strike me as the type of person that would be holding tightly to every little word. You know, no. But sometimes, no, but yeah. sometimes it's hard. Not you, know, you pour your heart and soul into this, and then someone comes along. You know, and I've, I've seen this happen to some people. Just you know, they get their edits back, and be, because there's a disconnect between the editor and the writer, it's just a frustrating experience. So. When you're right. reaching out to these people and just really hearing their heart for their work and why it's important to them and how they feel about the books they work on and how they are, like just their relationship. And I mean, you, you're in charge of interviewing them. You can ask them whatever you want, right? Right. And yeah. so, you know, tell me about how you work. Tell me about your heart. You know, um, how do you care for my story is a great question. <laughs> <laughs> how right. are you going to care for my project? And, and just um, pray over, you know, whomever. Um, you're reaching out to, but it is a good yeah. idea now to kind of get an idea of the cost and stuff like that, so you can plan. Um, but that's I, what I'm, I'm hoping with, and praying for that God will bring me somebody who believes in in my story, you know, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. and can connect to it. That's really important to me because I I only want to work with people that believe in, in what I'm doing. I don't want to I don't want to just be um, more money in their pocket. You know, that's not the road I want to go down. I want to go, I want to work with people who care. And I realize that can be a difficult process when there are people that do this all day long for 
lots of different people um, to be looked upon different. Maybe that's asking a lot, but I just feel like if God's going to bless this project, I want it to be something that blesses everyone's hands that, that works with it. So that's something that I'm praying about. That's why I just wanted to just open the conversation between us about it now so that, you know, this is sort of in our, um, you know, what we're looking ahead for, like knowing that that's going to be coming down the road sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm I'm sitting here looking at this girl's website. That's why I was a little okay. distracted um, because I think, okay, I don't think she's doing it anymore. Okay. I'll send you a couple of um, options and then you can just kind of go from there. Yeah. Okay. But again, I agree with you. It's just like if you had an agent, you always want those relationships to be relationships. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you just got to have a partner in the process and having them understand your story and your heart and your mission is going to make them a better person. And, and I think I told you in the beginning, it's why I read all my, all my books that I work on for book campaigns, which doesn't actually always happen, <laughs> just so you know, <laughs> just in the marketing world. And I've always had the mindset, if I don't read the book, I mean, I may have a heart for Jesus, but I need to be able to have a heart for the message. Like I need to be able to translate that message into kind of the marketing campaign and the copy and stuff like that. So um, it's just important to me um, to get to know you all, my authors, well um, on a personal level, but also to kind of, you know, kind of care for that story the same way I would care for, you know, my own business kind of thing. Right. So cool. Okay. I'll definitely okay. send you a, a couple of people there as well. Thank you. Yeah, that would be You're great. You're welcome. Okay. I'm, I'm always so excited to talk to you. Okay. So you said <laughs> you'll, Monday you'll send the manuscript and I definitely won't read it that day because I'm sure I'll be rushing around trying to finish taxes and then let's see if we could do are you available on Thursday April 28th yes yep that works okay so I'm actually open like that entire day so what works better for you um like around the the time time, like 1 30 um my time is, is great Okay, and then I'll send you the notes and the meeting invite. Um, to be honest, probably tomorrow. Um, my husband okay. told me told me right before we got on the phone that he volunteered our house for small group. Oh, okay. I'm like, I'm like now I don't mind people coming to my house, um, but I clean on Saturdays. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh, my gosh. So it's not only just, you know how that is. I mean, I clean a little bit during the week, but not like heavy duty. So now I have to go clean my house <laughs> right. before I everybody totally shows up at house. Um, I understand. But anyway, <laughs> um, I'll see if I can get it done um, before I have to stop and, you know, go clean my toilet. <laughs> 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 you know, Um Let's see. Okay, so twelve thirty on or, well twelve thirty my time, which is one thirty your time on April twenty eighth, and then um, like I said, I'll send you the notes and just a little bit of the homework um, from the first time for you to finish. Okay. Okay. Um, but other otherwise, I'll just read through um, the manuscript and just kind of have a list of ideas and recommendations in that particular phone call. Um, right. Okay. And, and then after that, provided we don't need to, I mean, it should be fine in like one call, and then. If we don't need to do another call about that, then we'll move on to more of the social media and survey result type stuff. Okay. Okay. That that sounds good. And just so you know, I've been praying for um, 
for your daughter too. I know you had said on social media about her. Uh, I understand. I mean, I have a son. Uh, He's 23 now, but when he was in high school, he dated somebody almost three years and she broke his heart. And when she did, it was like the world flipped upside down for a while. It was so awful. And it's so much harder to watch them struggle than any time you've ever struggled. It's harder to watch your child, you know? It is. It is. And I think it's not, so basically he broke, he asked her for a break last month um, okay. and in talking, like I know all her friends and I've known, I mean, they, they've been together like eight months or something like that. Um, and I know him really well. And he actually texted me at one point and said, Hey, can you come talk to us on the phone? I was like, are you sure? That, I mean, <laughs> you know, do you really want me to talk to you both about your relationship? <laughs> he's like, yes. <laughs> and so I went up there and I talked to them and basically he's like, I just, I'm overwhelmed because he plays baseball. So he's like gone all the time and all that. And so when we were talking it through, he kept saying, I don't really want to break up. I just, I'm feeling overwhelmed. And so we basically worked out a plan where they weren't spending all this time together all the time, which is what had been happening for the eight months. So he could have time to do homework and all that. And, and so she, when that first happened before that conversation, she was like bawling on the floor for like hours kind of thing. Um, and so what's hard about this time, they got back together and it's been about another month. What's hard about this is I think the distance, because I really haven't seen as much of each other outside of school. I think the distance, he, he basically told her, there's nothing wrong with you. I care for you. You're my best friend. But I don't have the feelings for you that I had eight months ago as a boyfriend and girlfriend. So he just wanted to be friends. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, it's, I think it's harder. Like, I think she would rather it be, I'm just going to dump you and be a jerk. <laughs> Does that make yeah. sense? Right. Because, yeah. So I'm trying to teach her how to navigate friendship. And I'm like, I was like, unfortunately, honey, that means you can't text them 52 times a day. It's not healthy for you. You know, you've right. got to put a little distance. You can't go to all the baseball games. Like, you've just got to treat them like a regular friend. Um, and so it's just been really hard. But what's interesting is she told me today, she's like, I'm fine, which usually means she's not. <laughs> she's not telling yeah. me. Um, and I told her, I was like, I'll do whatever you want. You don't want me, you don't want to talk to me about it. That's fine. You know, I'll just listen and I'll just hug you. We'll go do fun stuff or whatever. I was like, but ultimately you have to, you have to process this. You know, you have to accept number one, that he doesn't want to be in a relationship. So don't be his friend, you know, just to try to get him back really is the bottom line. And, but also just trust in the process that God knows what he's doing. You know, this happened for a reason um, and maybe the first breakup was to prepare you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Because, uh, you know, to me, I'm thinking, okay, they really have not spent a lot of time together. So instead of it being so sudden, it's almost like she was already allowed to grieve and separate a little bit. I didn't say that to her, but, you know, it was like she was already allowed to separate a little bit to where she wasn't so dependent on him. So that now, even though it's hard, it's not as bad as it would have been if they had stayed broken up a month ago. You know what I mean? Yes. So, yeah. And, and to be honest, they're so young. Oh my gosh. And uh, his parents, you know, their dating was he was with us or she was with them. Right. They yeah. didn't go out alone because they're young, like 14, 15. And right. um, his, his parents sent her a sweet message about how awesome that she was and how he, the boy felt bad, but just wanted to be honest and, wanted to be friends. Yeah, they were really sweet, you know, and so we did the same for the boy, even though I, I, I'm, it's hard as a mom not to want, not to want to go, what did you do to my baby? Right. <laughs> but, I know. But, 
I'm just very careful, you know, to speak of him well and just tell her to see the lesson in it and, and just to really trust that God knows what he's, what he's doing. So anyway, right. thanks for, thanks for the prayer though. Cause it is, it is hard, you know? And, yeah. and like, like right before the first breakup, she went through this thing where she, three of her good girlfriends and her, basically they broke up, but that's oh. not a bad thing. That's actually not a bad oh, okay. thing. Um, yeah. it, they were really difficult, um, high drama kind of girls. Okay. Um, but from my daughter's perspective, she feels like everybody's walked away from her and she's left yeah. going, why does nobody like me? And that's not, tr- that's not true. I just think she needs to cultivate a little bit different relationships. So that's a hard lesson to learn in high school. Right. Yeah. You know, it really is. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. So, but thanks for the prayers. Oh, she's, oh you're welcome. Um, I happened to be headed to a retreat the day he broke up with her. And I was literally driving in the car. I couldn't turn around, come home. She was home alone. She told me. Um, And then I came home like three days later. And the first time I saw her, it was all I could do not to cry because you could just tell. Do you know what I mean? That she was just, she was trying to hold it all inside and and just not, I don't know. It was just sad. So I had a little moment. Yeah, we were all at a restaurant when we, we met up, and so I had to go to the bathroom, so I wouldn't, like, because I don't want her to lose it because of me, because she will. Like, if I start crying right. over something, she'll start crying. <laughs> right, so, yeah. It was just, it was Aww. hard. But anyway, thanks for the prayers. How about, oh, um, I didn't ask you, I didn't ask you if you had anybody you wanted uh, me to pray over. Um, You know, How's I your neighbor? think we're doing well. Uh, he is, um, he's coming home today. He's oh, been in wow. the hospital okay. for 36 days um, mm-hmm. from having the stroke. You know, he's only 46, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's coming home today, and they told him, like, he shouldn't even be alive. So, I mean, God has been doing miracles. He still has a long way to go. He has um, a little paralysis on the left side, and his speech is affected. Um, but he's, you know, it took pl- the stroke happened at the brain stem, and that almost always kills or permanently um, destroys brain function and it, it didn't, you know, God was with him. So we're just believing God's going to continue to restore him and, um, that he's going to be well again. And hopefully they can keep this from happening. This is his second stroke now. So hopefully they can keep whatever this is. And they think it's some type of birth defect that showed up in his forties, um, that is causing this with, you know, with, I don't know if it's blood flow or what's happening. So, yeah, but he's, Mm. Um, he could use more prayer just that he would continue to be restored. That would be, you know, that would be good. And then um, I would say for me, it's just to pray that I won't be discouraged during this process. I told my husband, he said, why, you know, you're doing well, but I'm not keeping up with the blog like I was. I'm barely posting Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. But I Mm -hmm. I think that can be maybe normal when you're writing a book. Like it's Mm -hmm. just, it's, it's just not easy for me. And especially with trying to divide my time between, you know, the house, the kids, my husband, mm-hmm. my my real life friends, relationships, things that I need yeah. to work on and cultivate. You know, I'm just having a hard time keeping up with everything and knowing school mm-hmm. starts again on Monday. That's sort of overshadowing everything. Yeah. And I don't know if it's really so much discouragement, feeling like this isn't because I have my moments where I'm like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Nobody's going to read this. This isn't going to work out Aww. for me. That's um, not true. <laughs> but I, I, I think a lot of it, though, is just it seems like discouragement or depression, but it's really just being overwhelmed and needing to 
just completely, you know, give this all to God. And, and I think that sometimes when you're deep into writing something spiritual, that you do have like an enemy attack. You know, I feel like mm-hmm, it's like an mm-hmm. attack from the enemy trying to tell me that it's not going to, that this isn't going to do well. And, mm. you know, I don't, I think, I don't want that. <laughs> I think there's always an element of spiritual warfare too, when we're working on something that's important, especially when we're doing it out of obedience. Right. Right. So I, I would be concerned if you said, Oh, this is easy. Nothing's wrong. <laughs> then I'd be like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, because, right. because you have the, you know, the, sometimes the doubt and sometimes the discouragement and it, you know, that to me is a good, usually a good indicator that you're on the right path. Right. And so just keep doing what you're doing and don't listen to that. Just, just the old, you know, Sunday school message of taking those thoughts captive. Right. Right. Because like you wouldn't be in this place with this message, with this audience, if God didn't want you there. Right. Right. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, if, if, if it wasn't something you were supposed to be doing, then it would have already, I don't know, withered away. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah, it does. So the fact that it's present and, and, and it is thriving and growing and that we're working to kind of just make sure we're reaching the right people with what you've already done because of your obedience, there's always going to be doubt. You know, there's always going to be a little bit of, am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? I feel like that every day sometimes, seriously, you know, so yeah. it's just, we, we just have to kind of take a step back and, and realize that anytime we're doing anything that spreads the gospel, we're going to be attacked, you know? Right. Oh, that's um, true. It's very true. But um, to handle, like when you're saying you're not posting as much and stuff like that, I mean, that's kind of where that whole life update, author update comes in. So instead of writing a blog post, you know, you could film a video <laughs> that says, I'm in the middle of this, will you pray for me? You know, or this is what's going on in my life and I'm trying to balance all this. And so you're still communicating with your audience, but it's not you having to sit down and write. I don't know how long it takes you to write blog posts, but it takes me like an hour or two. So, you yeah, know, like you don't happen to sit down for all that time. You're just giving a quick uh, update about what's going on and again being relational and and it's not as time consuming you know as it needs to be Um, because we can talk later about a mix of content where maybe you can do a video update one week you know instead of a blog post or you know that sort of thing there's ways to kind of work around that so you're not um so overwhelmed with having to write and a lot of authors feel that pressure. They're trying to write a manuscript, and then they're, like, out of words. <laughs> they're trying yeah. to write the blog post. So, you know, there's there's ways to work around that for sure. But just the, the important thing is getting the manuscript done so that you can get on to the next phase and get it to the editor. And then while you're on that break, that gives you time to focus on the personal, you know, obligations and stuff like that. But then also to maybe do some stuff in advance, right, writing a few right. blog posts in advance. And that's, again, why I have the themes and the categories, because then if you can get even a couple of weeks ahead on the blog post, then it's just a matter of scheduling kind of the social media stuff, which we'll talk about later. Um, and then you're not really that way. If something happens, you're not really behind. You're not trying to create in the moment. You're, it's more in advance and in preparation. Um, and the only exception to that is sometimes God just leads you to write something. You need to post it now. And that's fine. Right. I just yeah. mean, I just mean kind of having the discipline process of working in advance on the blog and the social media stuff will help you manage just the time part of it, especially when you've got life going on around you. Right. Okay. Right. Absolutely. 
helpful. Okay. okay well, I got to rank because I have another call, but I love talking to you. I'll send you the notes as soon as I can today Thank or maybe you. early tomorrow. Okay. Thank you. And I will send you the manuscript. Have a great week and weekend, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Okay. You too. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.